We're good. We're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Sarah Waters. I'm here to chair our meeting today for the Affordable Housing Board. Uh, Monty Sokup is um, traveling and not available. Um, so I will be running the meeting. Um, and so I'd like to call this meeting to order. Um, and then we will do roll call um, to start. And uh, so Karen Willie. There she is. I know she's, she's trying to get on. Here. I, I know. She unmuted, but her audio didn't come. Okay. So I know Karen is tra traveling right now. And so we'll see if she's able. She's, we see her on our Zoom. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and count her. There she is. <laughs> Hi, Karen. Um, so Karen's here. Um, but I know, again, traveling, but we'll be joining remotely. Um, Nicholas Ward? Here. Oh, it seems, I, I apologize, Ms. Chair. Um, Kurt, it seems like it, there might be a problem with our audio. What do you mean? We didn't hear Nicholas, but I saw him unmute. His box went yellow. Oh. Um, must be Monday. <laughs> here at City Hall. <laughs> We're checking just a moment, please, board. This one? Yeah. Is that better? Nice. Yeah, all right. Here. Nicholas, awesome. Thank you. Um, Phil Engelhart? Here. Mark Bueller? Or Bueller? Bueller, here. Christina Gentry? Here. Here. Erica Zimmerman? I don't see Erica. Dana Ortiz? Here. Here. Shannon Alry? Not seeing Shannon. Edith Guffey? Here. Thomas Howe? Here. Monty Sokup is not here today. I'm Trent Santee. Not seeing Trent yet. All right. Um, well, that's quorum. So we do have enough members present. So that's outstanding. We'll continue our meeting. Um, I'm now going to turn it over to Leah Roseland to give the updates um, due to our hyper format meeting today. Thank you, Ms. Chair. This good morning, everyone. This is Leah Roseland, um, a housing administrator. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. This, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on the screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And I will now make a few notes on public comment. When the chair calls for public comment, individuals attending in person should approach the podium to indicate they wish to speak. The podium can be raised and lowered, and we encourage you to use this feature to ensure your comments are heard. Individuals participating via Zoom should raise the use the raise hand function to indicate they wish to speak. Excuse me. 
the um, please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. Individuals will be called on in the order they appear on the host meeting screen. Please state your name before speaking and all comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you so much. And I'll now turn the meeting over to Ms. Waters. Thank you, Leah. Um, I would like to note that Shannon Aury has joined us. Hi, Shannon. Welcome. So uh, we will, and there she is with her pageant wave. Very nice. Um, and so, all right, we, we have quite a few things on our agenda today. I think some will maybe be a little bit more discussion. Um, as this is the first meeting that I have chaired, Leah is going to help me out, um, maybe more than would help our chair, Monty Sokup. Um, but looking forward to some additional discussion. Before we go forward, however, um, I want to note there was one public comment um, that was part of our agenda packet. And so members, please make sure that you review that. And then is there any additional public comment um, virtually? I'm not seeing anyone, but we'll take a pause. Right. And there is no one here at City Hall. And so we will go ahead and move forward with our agenda um, to item B. Um, so we have two different sets of minutes to uh, look for approval on today. And we will start with our committee meeting that was on February 13th, our general meeting. Um, any, like, any comments on the minutes um, or could I get a motion to have those minutes approved? Um, Christina Gentry, uh, I make a motion to approve those minutes. Okay, thank you. Edith Guthrie, I second. All right, so Christina's approved to move, uh, approve Edith with a second. Um, any last discussion before I call roll? Okay, well, let's move forward to approve those minutes. We will do this on roll call, same order that I started with. Um, and so let's start with Karen Willey. I will abstain since I was not marked as being present for that meeting. Okay. Um, Nicholas Ward. Um, that's for January, correct? Uh, no, it's the February minutes. Okay, February. Okay, uh, I approve. Bill Engelhart. Approve. Mark Bueller. Was, was I here for that? You are not, but if you've reviewed the minutes, you are able to um, vote on this today. You don't have to. Um, I'll approve. Okay. <clears throat> Christina Gentry. I approve. Derek, uh, Dana Ortiz. Approve. Shannon Aury. Approve. Edith Guffey. Approve. Thomas Howe. Approve. Um, and then Sarah Waters, approve. So that one, two. Nine, nine approvals, one abstention. And so thank you. Those minutes are now approved. We will now move forward to the minutes from our March 7th um, retreat. Um, so just last week, um, we had an outstanding conversation, I think, at that meeting with all members present. Um, and so is there, can I get a motion to uh, approve those minutes from last week, please? Shannon Alry, so moved. Thomas Howe, second. Thank you, Shannon and Thomas. Any discussion on the minutes from last week's retreat? All right, uh, so let's move to approval of those and our roll call vote. Karen Willey. I approve. 
Nicholas Ward? Approve. Bill Englehart? Approve. Mark Bueller? Approve. Christina Gentry? Approve. Dana Ortiz? Approve. Shannon Allery? Approve. Edith Guffey? Approve. Thomas Howe? Yes. And Sarah Waters with approve. So 10, I think that time, if I counted correctly, mm -hmm. um, 10 votes to approve last week's meetings uh, minutes. Thank you, everyone. All right, making sure we haven't had anyone else join us a little bit delayed. Okay, well, let's move forward to this week's agenda items. Um, item one on our agenda is our new member welcome um, and introductions. Um, I do think that we covered this at last week's retreat, but would like to officially welcome Karen to her first Monday AHAB meeting. Uh, so Karen Willie, as well as Mark Bueller also um, to his first AHAB meeting um, here with all of us. And so um, everybody's bios and who you're representing is a course online. And so we'll go ahead and just move straight on forward um, since we had a little bit more formal introduction at last week's, last week's meeting. Um, at this point, we are ready for agenda item two um, to consider approving the 2022 Affordable Housing Board annual report. Um, we did review this at last month's meeting. Um, and so hopefully everyone's had an opportunity to review the draft um, that Leah um, and staff here had made some edits and different pieces um, based on our feedback at last month's meeting. We do um, need to approve this today. Um, and so as a reminder, although we did significant work at our retreat last week, um, this report is capturing last year's work of the board. Um, and so while I think there were things discussed at last week's meeting that we might like to see tweaked and different in future annual reports, those would be our future future annual report at this point. Um, so I will open it now to see if there's any discussion or if there's things as you've been able to review that you, you feel need additional um, consideration. Um, I think those are the main pieces for this particular item that we need to talk about. So, but any discussion, any comments, um, review from our board members here. I know Shannon, your comments regarding leverage were incorporated. Um, there are some pieces where there are some items with no leverage and so, um, so I couldn't be done in every single um, goal, but I think we caught the ones for sure that we're able to do that on. Um, this is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator. I just wanted to note that I see that there is a formatting issue right here. So before um, submitting to the City Commission, I will fix this funky thing. Um, otherwise, the other requests that were made were to make clear the years that are being noted for the number of units that, or the progress toward our goals. So I added the years to make that clear. Um, I, in addition, um, broke down the uh, different progress between, where is it, um, vouchers versus um, rental emergency rental assistance. Um, and then also included the leverage average rate, uh, leverage ratio for last year. 
I believe that's all of the changes that the AHAB wanted to see for this report. All right, well, we do need to approve this. So as folks are looking at that, um, I would be willing and interested in a motion to approve this unless there are any additional comments or things that you feel need a really minor tweak or update at this point. I move we accept the annual report. Thank you, Thomas. I second it. Dana second Ortiz by Dana. family. Thank you, Dana. Um, any last comment? All right. Oh, yeah, Dana. I just wanted to thank the city for putting this together. It was an amazing amount of work, and it's really a, a very impressive report. And also thank all of the members of this committee with the hard work that we've done. It's kind of nice to see it in a summary format like this. And, and there's some good work going on in our community. Go ahead, Edith. I would like the minutes to reflect that word of appreciation. Okay. Thank you, Dana and Edith. Yeah, an incredible amount of work. And I think, especially after our discussion last month, the changes in how Leah was able to get those incorporated um, is definitely shaping the work that this group has done and with all the different partner agencies and, and folks. And so um, looking forward to moving this forward into next year. So let's go ahead and get this annual report um approved um so we're voting to approve this annual report i'm going to go through roll call again uh karen willie nicholas ward i approve bill Engelhart. approve mark bueller approve christina gentry gentry excuse me dana ortiz approve shannon Owry. approve edith guffey Approve. Thomas Howe. Approve. And Sarah Waters. So um, approve that, all the hard work um, unanimously by those present today, 10-0. Thank you very much. All right, so we are cranking through this agenda, but we're <laughs> coming, coming to the really good stuff though. Um, and so, so let's uh, now we're going to our next agenda item is to review and consider approving the 2024 Affordable Housing Trust Fund grant timeline is our work um, for this coming year. So we approve things for the 2024 spending during the 2023 calendar year. And so I know when Monty and Leah and I were talking, we kept getting a little bit glitched in our minds thinking, but it's not 2024 yet. Um, Leah is going to take this agenda item to start um, and talk about the proposed timeline um, and, and some of the um, considerations that we've put together based on past feedback of the board. So I will turn it over to Leah to walk through this timeline. Thank you, Ms. Chair. This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. Um, so um, in reviewing the timeline, just want to note a couple of changes that have been made from the last year's timeline. Um, the first is that I have allotted some additional time for the AHAB to discuss and make sure that there's agreement on goals and priorities specific to the next year's funding. And so I believe that last year there was um, two meetings, one where the goals were discussed and the next it was approved. 
And this time we're going to spend some more time going through that. Um, so next month we will come back and revisit. And um, if if the advisory board approves this timeline, um, agree upon the um, goals, strategies, and priorities for the 2024 um, NOFO. Then there's a NOFO committee this year that is working updating the NOFO, the application, and the matrix. So whatever is discussed at the April AHAB meeting, the committee will take those recommendations back and um, the AHAB will review changes, the draft NOFO documents in May, um, have a month to um, have some more input and changes, and then come back and approve in June. So instead of just looking at it over the course of a couple months, we're actually spending essentially from March until June discussing what the goals, priorities, and strategies the board wishes for the next round of funding. The City Commission um, would approve in July, and then the NOFO would be released this summer. Again, back to Sarah's point, uh, this would be for 2024 funding, but we have to start in the summer with releasing the NOFO. Um, orientation meetings through the summer. The applications would be due in September. Um, the other change that was made was to allow more time for the presentations, um, um, the applicant presentations. I apologize. Um, Karen, I saw your chat and I will answer that in just a moment. Um, so the presentations will happen at the regular October meeting. And then based on feedback from last year, the AHAB would hold a special meeting in October as well to then discuss the presentations, discuss the applications, start some group prioritization of projects. And then the scores would be due to staff after the board has a chance to talk about that. Last year, again, if you recall, um, for those of you who are members of the board, um, the scores and individual recommendations were submitted prior to the board ever having a chance to discuss that as a group. So now um, the board will have a chance to discuss that really twice. One, before the scores are submitted to help inform individual recommendations. And then in November, those final recommendations would be made with commission approval in December, funding to begin January 2024. I also want to note that there's been um, discussion for a while around trying to align our NOFO process with KHRC LITUC um, application periods. So I've included here their timeline for 2023. They haven't released 2024 timeline, but I'm assuming it'll be essentially the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> So if any members have thoughts to how we could further align, in my mind, it's it's lined up perhaps the best we can do. But of course, if there are other suggestions or recommendations, um, now would be a great time to discuss that. And then um, to uh, respond to Karen submitted a question in the chat, who serves on the NOFO committee and when are they selected? That was done, I believe, at the January AHAB meeting, um, um, the AHAB moved to form the committee and any AHAB members who are interested volunteered to serve on that committee. So if any new members are interested in serving in that committee, we would absolutely welcome your participation and you can just reach out to me and let me know. 
So any questions or comments um, about the timeline, I will um, turn it back over to Sarah to facilitate the discussion. Thank you, Leah. Um, also just to, for Karen's question, so on that group currently that had done the initial conversation about the NOFO, it was me, um, and then Monty Sokup, and then Dana Ortiz. Um, so we had met once. Um, after that kind of call for who would like to be involved in that small working group. We gave a brief report out at um, one of our last meetings. Um, and then now we, we were waiting for the retreat to take that next piece and start to shape what this year's process will look like. And so, um, so I thank you again. Leah gave a great overview. What questions, um, board members, uh, the floor is yours um, as we're gonna look to um, ultimately try to approve this timeline today. Um, if we can get agreement that this is what we want to move forward for the 2024 cycle. Go ahead, Edith. Yeah, I would just ask that we uh, not wait like a month out to set the special, the date for the special meeting um, in October, that we do that like two or three months out. I'm kind of time bound that we kind of plan for that earlier rather than later. I would say that October, that special meeting, just a little more context. This is Sarah Waters with um, KU. Um, so as board members, I think we're supposed to introduce ourselves and also share briefly our agency when speaking. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, Edith, but, member at large. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's important in terms of our, our virtual presentation today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased to see that special meeting. I think um, in the conversation, I know, especially when Dana and Monty and I were meeting, um, it's hard after the presentations um, because I think different board members have a lot of things that they're looking at. And so the opportunity for us to come back together after we've heard presentations and hear what folks are highlighting, what folks feel are meeting our goals will be important ultimately in how we, we will score. Um, I mean, we'll score based on our own agencies and our own interests in this group, um, but having that opportunity to, to have a meeting of the minds with um, the Affordable Housing Advisory members, I think will really help me shape, shape my view of this coming year's process. So I just wanted to acknowledge that Thank you, Leah, for hearing that as we were kind of putting this together. I think that will help quite a bit. And we'll set the date, Edith, as soon as we get confirmation um, that this will be our timeline. I think we could do that in the next couple of meetings. Other comments? Yeah, Christina. Hi, Christina Gentry, a member who has received housing subsidies. I really appreciate the extension of the timeline. And this is not to, um, you know, uh, uh, get in the way of us voting today because I approved that. I just wonder, if there's been discussion in the past because of the um, the board's interest and special interests, has there been discussion on addressing some of the conflict of interests that occur? Because I recognize there's so much uh, valuable uh, knowledge that exists in our representatives here. And oftentimes we have to recuse those votes because of the special interests, the conflict of interest involved. So I, I love this time extension. I wonder if there's also discussion on how maybe we can have other representatives uh, in spaces to speak on some of the applicants who come from, say, tenants and homeowners, or they come from other uh, entities that represent the space in here. So that's a side note comment uh, for further discussion, but uh, kudos to the committees to working on extending the timeline. Thank you, Christina. 
This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. In terms of the conflict of interest question, um, AHAB members may recall that the AHAB did move, I believe during the summer, to put that question to the city commission and requested that the city commission review membership and come back with um, a statement regarding conflict of interest in membership. And the commission um, opted to wait on um, on making uh, further discussing or making any changes in membership, uh, making any statements regarding conflict of interest until the full city of Lawrence like board review process is finalized um, since that's happening with all boards. And then after um, decisions are made what with what happens with advisory boards, then if needed to come back and look at AHAB specifically. Um, so, it, unless anything changes, then um, I would suggest we follow the same recommendations that the city attorney's office has given, which is that if they're applicants, that they must recuse themselves, and that's a conflict of interest. But simply being a part of a nonprofit who does affordable housing does not constitute a conflict of interest. Um, and that the members are seated in those positions for their expertise and that unless there's an application from an organization that's represented on the board, then those perspectives are welcome and um, yeah, that, that there's not a conflict. So I hope that that answers your question. So I'm sorry, Nicholas, to pick on you, but we don't know if tenants to homeowners is going to submit an application. If they do, then Nicholas would have to recuse himself. If they don't, um, we would welcome him into that um, recommendation and conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Um, Go ahead, Mark. Mark Bueller, Chamber of Commerce. Um, so we have asked the city attorney, have we not? to wade in on this and you've summarized what they've told us um there i i need to get my head around that i'm a, i'm a little worried that the perception is that and i don't have numbers but if a significant amount of the funds we allocate go to those that are on the committee. Um, I don't know what the legal term is, but um, it, it, it kind of feels like a bad look. Um, but they have spoken is what you're telling me. And that's all we're gonna get from them. Okay. Interesting. All right, thank you. <laughs> this is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. I, I guess I do wanna note as well that it, it seems to me like there's been assumptions, perhaps maybe based on historical applications. Last year, um, the only the only funded project that was represented on the board was a county project. So the county commissioner had to recuse herself from voting, um, but none of the other nonprofits on the board submitted projects or were funded. So tenants to homeowners, the housing authority, Habitat, um, I'm missing one. Family promised did not submit applications. And you're referring to last year. That's correct. Previous years, is it necessarily Previous. the same? 
previous years they have been funded and they've re um, recused themselves. Sure, I I'm sure they've I'm sure they've acted appropriately. Um, okay. I I had a couple. Uh, All right. Thank you, Mark. Phil, Phil Engelhardt, uh, member at large. I had a couple questions. Uh, first one being the alignment of the uh, the LIHTC with the the NOFO calendar for this year. When when applications are brought up in uh, applications due the middle of September. Will the applicants have, I mean, as part of their packages, will, will we know if they are uh, uh, anticipating LIHTC funds for their project? Will, will we know that at, at this point? Being new to this, I, I really don't understand how this unfolds, but does that question even make any sense? I'm asking the the alignment of LIHTC, the 9% LIHTC credits with applicants packages to Ahab. Um, this is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator. We would not know who was awarded in 2024, but we would know who submitted LIHTC applications. Um, so if you look at the the 9%. Right. Um, it says June. Right. And our application, so that would be June following September. So it'd be June 2024. Right. And we're, but, oh, okay. That would be. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. I know the 2023 dates, it's just that that's all they had. Okay. So, yeah. So their awards will not be until June 2024 before they know whether or not they will qualify. So their applications in September of this year will not have knowledge of of that. If they're awarded, we will know if they're submitting for 2024 LIHTC, right. we'll know if they were invited to submit full applications, not what or if they were awarded. But if they submitted for 2023 LIHTC, then we will know. So it depends on if they're applying for or awarded 2023 or 2024. Yeah, I was thinking ahead to 2024 since that's what we're considering. Yeah. So, okay, okay. That's so it could be though that projects apply are applying for 2023 funding and then after they're awarded, we'll submit um, trust fund application after being awarded. We've seen it both ways. Okay, okay. That, that was my first question and I don't want to dominate the time here, but my second question, is the uh, applicant orientation meetings, July and August, are those during the regular AHAB Monday meeting? Is that is that where the when those are going to take place? Um, no, those, uh, this is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator. The applicant orientations um, are just one-on-one -on -one with me, actually, and I just schedule them with each individual applicant at a time. Oh, okay. Convenient for them. Okay. Okay, so Ahab really isn't, as a board, isn't involved in those. Yeah. Okay. Those orientation meetings, is Sarah Waters of KU, are to just help the applicants also hit all the major points and to understand how to submit their their NOFO application. Um, and so we felt, you know, some of the agencies that have done this before, um, 
you know, have some idea, but we also want to make sure we have plenty of opportunity for new folks and agencies um, and different folks to, to have that dedicated time so Leah can highlight some of the specifics, especially as we'll be identifying our goals and what we're looking for. So to kind of have that one-to-one -one opportunity to okay. have the most successful application um, for our our group then to ultimately review and not to leave folks out there trying to figure it out all on their own. <laughs> and so, okay. like some know grant writing is complicated and if you've never done it, um, yeah. I'll let you do it. Yeah, let somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. um, Edith, I see your yeah. hand, go ahead. Edith got the member at large. <laughs> is this the time that uh, people who are actually just inquiring about what this is all about and how you do it. Is this the time that they would uh, inquire? That applicant orientation seems to imply that they have already decided and this is telling them how to do it. Where do they uh, inquire about um, um, if this is for me? You know, where we talked about um, recruiting, marketing, is this, where does that begin? This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. That would begin in July when the NOFO is released. So when we release the NOFO, um, I have a list of contacts, that personal contacts that are affordable housing developers that I send it to um, individually. We also um, send it out through a city press release. It's included in Lawrence Journal World and the Lawrence Times, and it gets posted on various listservs, um, community forums, et cetera. Um, and applicants are welcome and encouraged and to reach out to me at any point through the process. Um, this is not to in any way imply that I'm only available to meet with potential applicants during those months, um, just that um, that's a, a specific period we have designated. Um, but I can make that more clear um, if it needs to be more clear. Um, so, uh, but um, to answer, that's a, I mean, that's kind of a lot of what I do in my, in my everyday job is work with <laughs> um, affordable housing developers and help, you know, to, um, um, to, help them be successful in our community. Hold on, thank Edith, you. go ahead. No, I just said thank you. Before I go to you, Mark, I think this is Sarah Waters. I think the other thing I heard, Edith, though, is there may be an opportunity as we're shaping our goals um, from the retreat where we could do another marketing plug or a marketing pitch, um, uh, casting that out there prior to that July timeframe. And so, that, that's what I was hearing in terms of as we shape that that NOFO and how we will, you know, we can tell folks it's coming maybe as early as May um, or be getting different agencies and getting different pieces that would complement all of this context Leah already has um, so that we, we cast the net as widely as possible, inviting people to those July and August conversations um, at the latest, right, in terms of shaping and presenting then their proposal to us. And so... Mark. Thank you. Uh, Mark Buehler, Chamber of Commerce. I second that. That's what I was going to say. There are there are entities and groups, whether it be neighborhoods, whether it be builders, uh, realtors, that kind of awareness is um, would do us well. 
and um, those those entities meet on pretty consistent monthly basis. I, I don't know if we've ever thought taking our show on the road or not, but um, I, I think any awareness that we can provide would be a really good idea. Thank you. Additional comments about this timeline? Any any other considerations or recommendations from the board? This is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator. If I could um, just ask for clarification, is the AHAB, um, do you all want me to add that as a um, specific activity in the timeline to begin marketing or to begin communications? Or is... I would appreciate that. So, so I'm seeing Mark and Edith both saying yes. I think it makes sense. This is Sarah Waters, Leah, yeah. General thumbs up from board members on their Zoom screens. Um, so yeah, Leah, I mean, do you do you want to put that in as a an April or May? Like, I mean, I think as soon as we have our goals and some of those pieces, it would make sense. Okay. And it, it might not have a ton in it other than this is coming, mm -hmm. right? And things that the boards looked at in terms of the NOFO committee. That uh, so sometime in April. Okay. Which is not that well, or May. <laughs> it needs to be May. I was like, oh my goodness, that's next month. <laughs> Why don't we make it a May? I know it needs to play. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, time flies. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. But I think that that is, again, it's that shaping of goals and that awareness of everything and what's available. Um, and I think when we get to our next agenda item and start talking about the amounts of funding we might have available that becomes even more critical. So, Leah, did, do you have, need any other clarification? Is that good? That's perfect. Okay. Thank you. Right. Any other comments? And well, I would be happy to entertain a motion um, to approve this timeline then if um, someone on, go ahead, Dana. Nina Ortiz, Family Promise of Lawrence, I make a motion that we approve this timeline with the addition of some announcement PR marketing uh, to begin in, in May. Thank you, Dana. Edith Duffy, member at large, I second. Thank you, Dana and Edith. I gotta find my list of everybody's names again. Hold on. All right. Um, so any last discussion before we call? All right, well, we will now do a roll call for approval of this agenda item. Karen Willey. I approve. Nicholas Ward. I approve. Phil Engelhart. Approve. Mark Bueller. Aye. Christina Gentry. I approve. Dana Ortiz. Approve. Shannon Alry. Approve. Edith Guffey. Approve. Thomas Howe. Approve. And Sarah Waters. Approve. Um, so our 2024 timeline passes and nothing. Mm. Outstanding. Mm. Now let the real work begin. <laughs> so. All righty. Um, we're moving on to agenda item four. Um, and today, this is a discussion. We are not looking to approve um, for approval on this particular item. 
um, just as a point of clarification. So trying to get a bunch of feedback out um, and get all of the boards um, different thoughts. Um, Leah is going to go over this for us. Uh, materials are in your board packets. Um, but we need to look at all of the funding um, and what we are expecting in terms of the rollover funds that are coming in or that are already available, as well as what the estimated sales tax money will look like um, from the affordable housing tax. We also have CIP funds, which are different, but kind of fold into this. So that is the next agenda item, but I think we're going to have to end up discussing these probably together. Um, and so, Leah, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you then to walk through the amounts, um, but ultimately we'll get Leah's initial pieces. I have a comment then based on some earlier review of this with Monty um, as we were looking at it, and then we'll kick it into full discussion um, just to get people's general thoughts about how she would move forward with 2024 funding. Leah? Thank you, Ms. Chair. This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. Um, so I'm going to share this. Um, so want to express my gratitude to Sarah and Monty for feedback on how to make this more clear. Um, so I did an update where I tried to make it more clear what um, funds coming up that AHAB has to work with, um, specifically in 2024. So I'm just going to review this really quickly. Um, so first, there's the affordable housing trust funds held in reserve balance that at any time the AHAB can um, can put a recommendation in to have that moved um, to uh, be able to spend whatever is in reserve. This is the full amount that is allowable that can be requested to be moved to the spend balance. Um, and it can be used for any purposes that the trust funds are um, can be used for. So development, acquisition, rehab, or support or support services. Um, so again, that's just sitting in um, that's just sitting in reserve that can be utilized for 2024. The full amount can be moved, a partial amount can be moved, or none of it can be moved. <laughs> um, that's that's a decision that AHAP will need to make. Um, moving down is just so you can see, there's also, we don't know what the 2024 sales tax proceeds will be, but based on previous years, we're projecting it to be around um, 850,000. And then um, in 2024, in addition, the AHAB has a CIP line item, and that's another decision that the AHAB will need to make what to do with that. So it's, um, uh, 380,000 allocated in 2024 and 120,000 in 2025. And based on the CIP um, application that was submitted, that does need to be utilized for affordable housing infrastructure. The AHAB does need to make a recommendation for a specific project or process that needs to be approved by the city commission before we can, uh, before we can start any process. Um, so I think Sarah will facilitate a conversation about that. So you can see then um, potential funds and balance, potential funds for 2024 with all of this together. So 
and again, I guess I just want to make it, the CIP can either be a completely separate project or it can be rolled into the regular um, NOFO process and just be pooled with the regular funds that the AHAB has. Um, I would like to make a recommendation that if um, the AHAB wants to pool the funds together, have the CIP just with the regular NOFO process, that the AHAB consider two different buckets. And um, because really the CIP needs to be utilized for infrastructure. Um, and then I also just uh, was asked to include some other um, funds directed towards affordable housing. So that lists those here. Um, the home are that we heard a presentation on last year that NOVO will likely go out this summer. There's the CDBG and home regular allocations through the city. The AHAP will look at those and approve recommendations at the next April meeting. And then there's city um, art funds that were approved for affordable housing development. Um, they're awarded by the city commission already. So that's sort of just an FYI. So I'm happy to answer any questions, but um, unless there are any questions, then I'll turn it back over to Sarah. Mark, you have a question? I do. Um, Mark Bueller, Chamber of Commerce. The, the city art money, that is not our perusal, right? That's their perusal. You're just sharing that they have it. Yeah, that's correct. And it's already been awarded. Yeah, but it's we, we don't vote on that anyway. Correct. Right? right. We can cheer, but we no vote. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, so um, so we're going to open this to discussion. Um, I think a couple of things that I have in notes that I wanted to share before we get people's just general thoughts, um, and I'll kind of help guide what the general thought bucket we're looking to maybe be in. Um, but I think knowing this rollover is here, one of the things that we talked about was whether or not some of those projects we hadn't funded should be funded. That, but it's already been done. So from the 2023 cycle, it's important to know that that's where the city did use some ARP funds. And so things that the commission was interested in funding have already been funded. So I just want to make sure we take that off the table because that was a little confusing to me and Leah brought that forward. Um, a couple of things that we want to make sure that we have some discussion about and really dig into this in terms of timing. Um, but that the CIP funds and where we fit those into our time frame, as Leah said. Um, and so do we consider those funds in our next NOFO, like pros and cons, maybe back and forth about that. Um, but also, I think it's really important, um, as we've talked about this a little bit, we're going to talk about recommendations about how much our 2024, how much money is available in those in our next review cycle in our in our um, awards. Um, we want to we want to be cautious, and we probably want to be mindful of the estimates on the 2024 sales tax is just an estimate, yeah. um, and so we're anticipating a 2024 850 thousand um, dollars, and then we could think about that also for next year in terms of a, another 850 thousand dollars. However, we do also need to be mindful um, that the funds earned on sales tax may change with the changes in food tax. Um, that are coming out of um, coming through statewide. Um, and so next year, we think likely we will not have the same amount um, of sales tax because 
the food tax is shifting um, in Kansas for everybody. So kind of throwing that out there because when we start thinking about the 1.98 million dollars that's available, we may want to hold some of that with the notion that we would supplement the 2025 cycle with those funds um, as we're making recommendations or thinking about what the buckets are. So it's it's likely not in all of the 1.9 million. Um, I definitely, as I've thought about this, don't think 1.9 plus 850 plus whatever CIP we want to put in earmarked. We, we want to be cautious so that next year's funding cycle might have some of that rollover already in it, if that makes sense. Leah, did I, did I get that? Okay. Yeah, Just thank you. Sure. Thank you. Um, so those are the couple of things that Monty and I had discussed a little bit, just kind of thinking about how we would think to shape this. Um, but of course, this is our board's decision um, and discussion. And so what other questions or considerations um, do different members have? I open the floor for discussion. Um, Phil, I think you were first, so go ahead, Phil, and then we'll go to um, Mark. I'm quick. Phil Englehart, member at large. A uh, couple questions that I have. Uh, first of all, the, the term infrastructure has been thrown around a few times. Let, let's get a, a, a as reasonably good definition of what constitutes infrastructure as we can so that when we're talking about moving forward with, with CIP money, that, that we understand what infrastructure can be. That's question number one. I'd like to hear whoever speak to that. Okay, well, this is Sarah Waters. I do think that already exists in the CIP application. Um, and so I don't know, Leah, if you have, because those funds have already been awarded through that process. So I think, I don't know if Leah, that's no. something you could pull up. Um, but in terms of what the dedicated CIP funds are um, and what that could fund, that is tied into the application that the city of Lawrence was awarded. Um, and then if the board wanted to think about broadening, we can, we could broaden on our own definition, but it would be, we couldn't do that with those funds already awarded under the separate application. I see Nicholas saying yes, but Nicholas, other thoughts, again, not to call you out. Um, no, I mean, he, he just understands that stuff. So. All right. Okay. This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator, to further operationalize that. So just according to the City of Lawrence CIP, um, it can um, be projects that involve needed repairs or improvements to existing infrastructure, e.g. streets, parks, cities, facilities, sewers, and the acquisition or construction of new infrastructure. Um, the examples they give are fire stations, traffic signals, roundabouts, etc. Ours would be affordable housing development. <laughs> so fairly broad, really. Um, but it would need to be, again, used for um, either new development, um, rehab of current um, infrastructure, or doing infrastructure work that would enable affordable housing developments to go up in that area. Does that help with clarity, Paul? Honestly, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I have never really been able to find the project detail sheet for AH1-0002. Oh, I included it, I thought. Well, you know. I, yeah, it's right here. 
where do I click on so that I can I can see it because I I haven't. Uh... This is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. It is linked on agenda item C5 AH-23-0001. That was the um, application that was submitted by the AHAB for um, the CIP, and so it's very broad. Um, based on what the AHAB recommendation was. And so that gives a lot of leeway to the AHAB to design and develop a specific project with city commission approval. So it, it might, um, it, I'm wondering if uh, perhaps Sarah or another AHAB member might like to um, mention an, an example of projects that were discussed when the AHAB um, moved to submit that application that might help with some specificity, oh. or I'm happy to. Somebody's memory better than mine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's about streets sometimes, although I don't want to say, I don't want to mispronounce or speak. Does anyone remember? Or Leah, I, you might have to be the voice of memory here. Um, this is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. So one of the projects, for example, um, that we got, um, I believe this is a 2022 AHAP application, was for a project called Going South um, by Salm. And that was a specific project that they AHAP had recommended because that application was for street work, I believe. Um, it wasn't for the construction of the actual units. It was street work to enable um, that area to be developable for housing. So that's one example. Um, it, and it, so, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And perhaps an AHAB member has some more uh, details that they'd like to offer. But again, I, I just want to note that it's Phil or if any other members have recommendations or ideas that now's a great time to discuss those and that it's very broad as long as it in some way supports affordable housing infrastructure and development, then it will likely be approved. So the AHAB can really use a lot of creativity and some projects that have been discussed in the past um, could perhaps come to light through the CIP item. Yeah, Mark. Um, I've got a, I got a lot to to say about this. <laughs> I need, I'll need some help with it. Um, we, uh, we, I think we all know we're behind the eight ball, and you know we wish we had twenty million dollars, and because we believe there's an insatiable need for affordable housing, and to that end, if 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 we can encourage, if a hundred thousand can encourage a million dollar investment toward this goal, that's a good thing. What I want to say about um, infrastructure is this: the definition may be broad, but as we look at applications, I know enough about development to know that that many projects can't happen because we don't have something previously needed, whether it be a water line, a sewer line, a pump station, a this or a that. And so the project wanes or dies or doesn't happen. So I guess I would like for us to have an awareness that there may be an infrastructure 
if a street or a sewer can create 25 lots available for the goal we have, that's way more important to me than helping a traffic problem with with streetlights with with, with um, a stop sign. Um, now, obviously, I want a safe neighborhood, but but I think infrastructure can be um, in, encourage further other development and interest down the way. So, I would be very interested in us. Uh, being aware of the value of an infrastructure improvement with the money, with the little money we have, subject to all the other needs and demands that we have going on. And then I have an overall comment about the funding, about whether we should hold back, wait for future years. Again, my, my feeling is we're drowning in a need for affordable housing and I, I think by making it available doesn't mean we have to spend it. And I think that would show the community that we're interested in all hands on deck to help with this goal that we all want to see um, accomplished. Thank you. Um, I see a hand up, but I, I can't tell who it is. <laughs> Because uh, it's this a, is Karen somebody County ah, Karen. Go ahead, Karen. Uh, thank you. I wanted to also kind of echo what, what Mark had said about um, not understanding what is the value of holding back money when the intention for the money is to build uh, permanent structures. So I would, I, I don't, I'm new to this work in terms of being on the board here, but uh, Madam Chair, maybe you could talk about why, why you thought that might be a value. And if we can talk about that, because otherwise kind of my, my thought process goes with, with Mark Bueller also that uh, sooner is better than later in terms of building projects. Um, while I have signal, I'll get to my other point, And that was uh, about the infrastructure um, projects and maybe holding out the possibility that our funds could be matching funds for like a larger um, base grant or something else that a developer might look to you know, use those matching funds then to put in a, an application for you know, much larger dollars for infrastructure. So those are my points. Thank you, Karen. Uh, there's a few different things that have been asked there, and I, again, I'm happy to speak, uh, but are there others that want to respond to anything that Karen or Mark have said first? Go ahead, Edith. Yeah, uh, Edith Guffey, member at large. Um, I don't disagree with any, any, either of those statements. Um, I think uh, only at the last meeting or two meetings before that was I aware of the reserve funds and we put it off until later till we had time to discuss it about using it. And the CIP money is new for us. So we had requested uh, that we have access to the CIP money. And I think the Going South project was a real eye-opener of how much we needed the infrastructure money and that we could make a difference by helping with infrastructure money. So I am 100% on board with this. Nicholas Ward with Tenants to Homeowners. Um, I just wanted to chime in and say, um, I guess from 
thinking about Ahab that we have some kind of rubric or expectation if we're funding. I know I know that our CIP dollars that we award would be specified towards affordable housing. Um, but you know, if we're giving a project one hundred thousand dollars, or if we're giving a project at, in a different funding cycle at some point five hundred thousand dollars, that we have some kind of expectation um, for the amount of money we're giving the amount of affordable housing that we're receiving within that development. Because I think there certainly won't be a problem of folks requesting the dollars for infrastructure. Um, but what are we getting back in return on that for affordable housing? This is Sarah Waters um, with KU. So on that front, just in terms of the infrastructure, um, so one of the things that we thought we might do today, but the deadline has already passed, was to, to consider what um, CIP, CIP funding the city of Lawrence might request or apply for for the 24 to 28 cycle. Um, but based on when the application became live and th the deadline was, we weren't going to be able to meet the deadline to make that request for CIP funds for the next year. So we're targeting now CIP at some point during the next application cycle. So for context, but here's my but. I think in what's being talked about here to Nicholas's point, because that's kind of where my head was going, so we know we've got the dedicated CIP with the 380 and then the 120,000, right? But we could take some of our trust funds and also put it into CIP or a similar bucket. But what is the criteria for us to do that? And that's to Nicholas's point. And I think what we got caught on on the um, solve presentation before was the permanent affordability. Um, and so, you know, we give a d developer a certain amount of funds to get the road there. Um, or to get the water line or whatever it is that meets infrastructure, but then what is the affordability or the permanence of the affordability on the back that we would say is supporting this, this board's mission? So wondering if, Leah, we've talked about this and we've looked about this a few times, but at some point over the next few meetings or a couple of meetings, um, if the city staff could potentially identify spaces where infrastructure um, is deficient or where there's land and you know, if only we had this there, mm -hmm. it might open that up. Because um, we know we've seen that before, if I'm making sense, um, from the city in terms of where there's land, where there's opportunity, but something's missing. Uh, possible, Leah, that we could get a list or ideas generated so we could look at it to see if we wanted to set, because the whole goal here would be that we would be potentially thinking about dedicated funds for our 2024 NOFO process that could also be towards infrastructure. Just throwing that out there. Um, this is Leah Roslin, Affordable Housing Administrator. Um, so a couple of thoughts about that. Um, if the AHAB wanted to look at a list of um, locations where infrastructure could potentially help leverage affordable housing development, then I would recommend that that is contained to city-owned property, um, that we're not looking at privately-owned property, and that we actually just go back to the memo that was generated in 2022 that the AHAB looked at that identified city-owned land that could potentially be utilized for affordable housing development. And for the members that were around at that time may recall that um, the 
a lot of those spaces that the city owns that could potentially be used for affordable housing development. The uh, it is infrastructure that is making that um, undevelopable essentially. But I will also note, and, and I'm happy to bring that memo back and uh, we can have further discussion about it, that the infrastructure costs are quite significant in the millions. And so that's something else for the AHAP to consider is, right, eight, uh, 380,000 and perhaps the infrastructure need is 2.5 million, for example. Um, so so that's, that's just one point for the AHAP to consider. And if you'd like me to bring that list back, I, I'm absolutely happy to do so. The other, um, the other thing that the AHAB has discussed um, in terms of supporting private developers is doing an RFP. So an RFP can be much more specific to Nicholas's point about what the AHAB would expect in terms of le leveraging affordable housing. And then we can just right, see applications and the AHAB can evaluate um, based on the merits and criteria that they set forth um, to support privately owned um, property as, as well. So I think that's one thing that it would be really helpful to get guidance on if possible um, this month or next. Thank you, Leah. Uh, Shannon, I saw that you'd unmuted. Did you have a comment you wanted to come in with? Is this a good time? Yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing that I'd like to add is that sometimes, I mean, we could maybe put some of the these pieces together because I remember before we had the Affordable Housing Trust, the polar came in and asked for some sewer upgrades or water upgrades over there from the city, which would have been the CIP. And so, I don't know if there is a mechanism to say, hey, we're doing this affordable project, but we also need to connect. And can we put a request for funding in for some of your CIP dollars because, you know, we need to connect to the sewers or, or we don't have sidewalks and we're trying to, you know, some of those kind of things. So. I mean, that is another possibility because of the limited amount of funds. I don't think we're going to we're going to do all the CIP for any major development, but it may be that some of these little projects have a particular CIP need that they could ask for a second bucket of funding. Good question. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, Phil Englehart, member at large. I wanted to pick up on what Shannon said, you know, because I, I tend to think at the micro scale in many cases. And the question that I have for Nicholas and Leah and whomever is uh, when affordable units are put in, you, you know, is the developer putting them in responsible for driveway aprons and sidewalks and things like that is is that part of the the uh the cost burden that they are bearing if it is then it seems to me like spreading out these very limited cip dollars toward concrete i'm not a big concrete fan by any means but spreading out limited cip dollars to help defray those costs to developers might be a profitable thing to look at, but I don't know if they're, if they're paying for those right now or not. So that's my, 
basic question and my comment with respect to CIP. 380K is not very much money uh, at all when you're talking about infrastructure. Be quiet. No, you're fine. Nicholas, I, can you answer that? Trent's not here from a builder's, uh, Lawrence build, Home Builders, but... Yeah, I think um, in our experience that we are paying for those and sidewalks, sometimes we pay for twice because I think there's a requirement um, usually that we have them in. And then if we're doing extra work on the site, we still have to bring kind of heavier machines over to put gravel or other things in and it breaks the sidewalk. So then we, we do those pieces that break a second time. Um, so th there are definitely costs associated with that and we are doing um, the concrete work for driveway aprons, sidewalks, and then also um, when we're doing, uh, I, I guess, pieces like Michigan or Harper, there's we're changing it up a little bit where we're going from there being a single unit on there to multiple units. So there's significant uh, sewer and other things that go along with that, that I don't know if at that scale that would be applicable for CIP, but I think it's definitely infrastructure for those for a development like that. This is Leah Roseland, Affordable Housing Administrator. I do want to just note that private developers are also welcome to submit their own CIP items. So that's not something that the AHAB would need to do on behalf of a specific project that would result in market rate housing, for example. Could, could you say that again, Leah? I'm sorry. Developers, so Shannon had mentioned the polar loss. So developers can submit their own CIP item requests. That doesn't have to go through the AHAB. Um, so if there is a private developer with a project that meets different city goals, that they can submit that um, on their own as well. And so I, I guess I just say that to um, encourage that we think um, how it will be leveraged towards affordable housing projects specifically. Um, and that, yeah. <laughs> and that, that could, so that could be the AHAB sort of envisioning an AHAB project for, for future affordable housing development. And again, getting very specific about what the AHAB would like to see, whether it's a specific parcel that um, the AHAB would like to perhaps ask, recommend to the city commission to designate for affordable housing. And then some CIP funds are put to do some infrastructure work and maybe it doesn't all get done in 2024. Maybe that's over the course of several years. Um, the AHAB continues to request CIP funds um, I'm looking, and I'm sorry, I, I can't bring it up, but I will work to bring it up at the memo. And so one of the sites is um, Southeast um, Collector Street Extension, south of East 25th um, improvement. So that's um, an estimated $20 million of um, infrastructure work that needs to be done. So maybe over the course of years, and then once the infrastructure work is done, then uh, an RFP gets issued to develop. Um, or, so that would be a multi-year project that the AHAB is really taking ownership of and, and, and moving forward. Or again, it could be being very specific about what the AHAB would like to see from a private developer, nonprofit developer, um, and coming up with sort of the formula for what the exchange would be for affordable housing and supporting a specific development that's already being planned to move forward. I hope that offers a little clarity. 
this is Sarah Waters. Leah, you had asked earlier about what you were just referencing again. And so that list of projects and spaces, um, the city owned property that has some infrastructure deficiencies maybe to be able to be developed. So I do think it would be a good idea um, as part of our April agenda, if that could be relinked um, or looked at again, just for context of everybody here kind of being able to see scope um, and where that would fit in then with what our board wants to do with our goals as we're moving forward. Um, just in terms of what you just shared too as an opportunity for consideration. So let's plan to do that in terms of future CIP, our infrastructure projects around and, and how that could be leveraged. Um, there was also a question earlier. I, go Yes, Christina, please go ahead. Thank you, uh, Sarah Waters. Um, this is Christina Gentry, member who has received a housing um, Yes, I have. <laughs> I have a couple. No, I'm. I'm going to go back, Sarah, to to your um, initial comment and and stop talking about utilizing funds and maybe saving to roll over into the next years. I, I, I love that idea. I also just really want the board to um, make sure that we are are looking at. Um, being adaptive to community needs um, as we understand them in 2024. We, we, we have really structured and talked about some exciting goals at our last week's meeting. Um, I would like for us to be creative and looking for collectives and supporting services that will continue to use the tax dollars immediately if we if possible. And it sounds like, you know, having any time all amount monies and reserve balance in 2024 can do some of that work um, in moving to um, strategies that look to um, increase what looks like what makes sense to Lawrence. Um, and and the, what those parameters and those programs are something that we can support to be. So I'm all for to like saving and, and moving forward to 2025, but like, always in the in emergency services and making sure that we are constantly looking for how we can support people now um that's really important to me too so uh i commend this board for things to be always trying to look for that and so i just hope we continue in that vein thank you christina um this is sarah waters again i was i a couple of folks had asked about my statement earlier um, as we started this discussion. Um, and so, you know, Monty and I had that conversation about the potential for thinking about a little bit of reserve to move to 25 prior to the retreat last week. Um, and so I think one of the things, though, as we just keep mulling around um, and we ultimately will set what the anticipated 2024 dollars are over these next couple of months, um, are we, maybe we, I don't know if we, if it's possible, but if we could analyze a little further what we think the sales tax might do, um, when we've had some preliminary conversations, um, and there's, there's always going to be more projects, right? So again, getting the money out the door, I understand that right now, but also knowing we have some incredible goals that probably going to need to operationalize in 25. And if we spend all of this now, again, the money's out the door and that's great. And next year's cycle will likely be less than a million dollars um, and could be closer to a half a million if the sales tax does go down based on food tax. And so I'm just want to be mindful um, and just knowing that as we're especially getting out there in marketing, especially getting um, into maybe different areas um, 
and tapping different partners um, that a million dollars at least in 2025 to me is, is a good goal. And right now with sales tax alone, I don't think we would hit that. Um, and so I don't know, again, we could go either way. And I think looking at it, um, but again, as long as we're in alignment about what we're going to fund and that to Mark's point from earlier, just because we put out, and I'll make up a number here, $2.5 million for this year's cycle, we don't have to fund all 2.5 million. Um, we would have to, of course, be able to explain why we didn't fund a proposal that was meeting our goals in some capacity, which is not always the easiest <laughs> um, to do. Uh, but that would be something I think over these next couple of meetings as we have more co conversation or you're able to review this and um, think more about it. Um, I think we'll build consensus eventually. I just don't know where we're gonna get, we won't get there today. This is kind of discussion one. Okay. Um, Ms. Waters, if I could just, um, this is the Arizona Affordable Housing Administrator. I wanted to offer one other point that the AHAB may consider, um, which is the land development code update. Thank you. <laughs> and that that will likely be finalized, I believe, in early 2025 and take effect. And unfortunately, um, and this is something that you have may wish to discuss more, but unfortunately, until that update is made, unless the commission is willing to do some kind of pilot project or um, um, <laughs> something to support affordable housing in the interim, which has not been, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so unless that happens, um, we are missing opportunities for more units in this interim period. More units will be able to be developed in all likelihood in the same parcel once a new land development code is implemented. Um, and so just want the AHAB to consider that as one point when you're um, thinking about how to handle the trust funds and reserve, that those could perhaps be leveraged a little bit more under the new land development code. However, that's not to negate the immediacy of the need now. I appreciate that, Leah. And we will get to this as our, our last agenda item in this section, but um, an AHAB group to work on the land development code recommendations. And so we'll be looking to talk about that briefly towards the end of this section and, and how impactful that can be on the work of, of this board. So in the community. Are there other comments or things for consideration today? Again, this is a discussion item, kind of getting it all out there. Mm -hmm. Did not have a, an end goal or any type of vote today. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, uh, I just want to say that, that that what Leah just said with respect to the LDC very much aligns with my own thinking that that with in terms of splitting up the available pot right now and, and, and recognizing the huge immediate need, the idea that that we may get more bang for the buck with favorable changes in the LDC down the road. I'm certainly hoping so uh, that that we that we shepherd a little bit of, squirrel away a little bit of that money, hoping that we can get two units rather than one or four units rather than two or or whatever it might be in 2025 going forward. So that's very much where I'm coming from. Thank you, Phil. Go ahead, Mark. 
So I'm trying to understand. I, I, I think I know what you all are referring to. And, and if you think the savior for, for our housing needs in this community is that everybody can put two units on one lot, I think you're, you're mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, but counting on, counting on government can be a mistake too. I've been <clears throat> on all sides of that, but that is not the answer to our problems. Um, land doesn't become free that way. Um, infrastructure costs don't go away that way. As a matter of fact, the upgrades associated with some of those ideas um, may mean that the existing sewer has to be replaced too. So if, if we're going to, I, I just hope we don't pin our hopes on, on, on a building code and zoning changes that are going to solve uh, the affordable housing problem, because that is, I, I, I'm very skeptical of that. N not, I'm skeptical that it's actually going to occur the way some are envisioning it, but that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if it were here today in the vision that some are holding, um, th this game is far from over. And um, to squirrel money away to wait on building code changes is um is is not how i it's not how i do that but i'm just one of many so thank you dana go ahead yeah thank you along those same lines and going back to something christina said earlier in this discussion um just just a little point, this, the, the primary struggle for families that are graduating through Family Promise is finding affordable, safe, affordable housing to leave a situation of homelessness or leave a housing crisis where they've lost housing for any number of reasons. Lack of somewhere to go. Um, th that is the number one uh, obstacle. So just to keep that in mind in, the, in this discussion. Thank you. Okay, we've spent quite a bit of time on this, but we are also um, being very efficient with our meeting today. Um, and so, but we are really on agenda items four and five because we're talking both about the trust funds um, as well as CIP. So just as a reminder, are there additional thoughts for discussion here? Folks want to get that out um, for consideration now as we'll kind of mull over this, as we've said, for at least another month. Come back to it. Okay. Um, then thank you. I mean, I, that was a, a good, robust discussion. I think, again, right, it's all about how everything weaves together um, and how all these many parts weave together, but especially how everything will weave into those goals um, and where our priorities are, um, as we, I think, got unified with still lots and lots of ideas on the table um, after last week's retreat. Um, and so please continue to think about things, continue to think about what you do, if you were going to solve it all, because there is no one right answer, right? Um, if there was, I guess well, you'd have to have enough money to fix it, I guess. But, um, but certainly 
the best of intentions and want to be impactful and show that this money is making a difference um, and creating units, getting people into homes, apartments, the right places, as Dana was saying, so they stay in our community and they can thrive. So I really appreciate that discussion. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to agenda item six. Um, like Leah did, oh, hold on just a second. Should we do public comment? Okay. Um, so uh, thank you. Um, as the chair in this meeting for this first time, we do have an individual that is now in City Hall to um, for public comment. So I will go ahead and open for public comment on this item. And so if you'd please, if you'd like to come to the podium. Yeah, thank you for your, for your patience about our process today. I, I thought it might have been at the end of the meeting at the item, but that's fine. Thank you. It's fine. Thank you, Chairwoman Waters. Uh, my name is Michael Allman. I'm with Sustainability Action Network. Um, I'm really happy to see this item on your agenda today. I have spoken with uh, Monty Soka a, a bit about this, and maybe he was instrumental in getting on the agenda. I don't know. I've also spoken briefly with um, um, <laughs> drawing a blank now. Um, Rebecca Buford. Um, so I'm glad to see, you know, that that they they're interested in this item as well. And in all due respect uh, for Mr. Bueller, and I feel that he doesn't quite understand how the land development code changes could make a big difference in affordability. Um, when, you know. Uh, there, there are dozens of communities around the country doing just that right now, as well as states. Um, and I don't know what you have on your plate for this, but what we're proposing in the land development code changes, and we've been to, I've been to any number of their meetings, is the essential elimination of single dwelling zoning. That's what's happening all over the country. Uh, Leah's smiling, so apparently you know about that. Um, as far as like the infrastructure costs that will continue, like Mr. Bueller mentioned, yes, they will. But if you have mixed density, uh, mixed use, higher density, 15 minute walkability neighborhoods, that infrastructure is smaller, it costs less. Um, the sewer lines are shorter, fewer pump stations, uh, streets can be narrower, any number of things like that. Um, what we're concerned with, and you've identified, obviously, is that as far as existing neighborhoods go, it's really hard to identify sites for affordability that are cost effective. As far as new development goes, there's, there's very little hope in relying on the largesse of a developer to provide lots, you know, any more than one or two lots in 150 develop acre, uh, 150 lot development for affordability. They may or may not choose to do that, and it's like less than one percent. Those two are not going to get us to the goals that we're we're trying to achieve here. Mixed use, higher density, walkable neighborhoods can. Um, 
one of the things that, oh, and I want to point out that the National Association of Home Builders is fully on board with this whole approach. Um, maybe you've researched that as well. I could forward you some information on that. Um, we're, we're concerned that new developments, whether it's infill new developments or new annexations, particularly the new annexations, are going to be the opportunity for the big changes. If all those new annexations and developments come in as single dwelling, that's a very inefficient use of available, very scarce land. Um, some people characterize our housing shortage as a shortage of buildable lots. Well, they're talking about single dwelling lots. No, it's an inefficient use of land for single dwelling zoning. Multi-dwelling zoning, uh, duplex, fourplex, townhomes, uh, cluster housing, obviously is a much more efficient use of that land, puts more units per acre. So I don't think I need to go into any more detail here. I don't want to take up your time, but I think you're looking at that and I hope you're going to pursue that and I'd be willing to enter those discussions later if necessary. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks. I do also know that our group is always interested in resources. And so if there's information or things you'd like different members to be able to review um, that especially bring to life some of what you're sharing there as your expertise, I think if you could forward those to Leah, they could be included in a, a written public comment um, and linked different pieces or an additional public comment that you could always come back um, so that we can hear your voice. Thank you. All right, let me just double check anyone else for public comment before I come back to the agenda. Okay. Um, and so our final item today um, is just to remind folks of what Leah already said um, about the land development code um, update. Um, and for us to consider a letter um, a letter of recommendation, um, but we also feel that we need to move this to a subcommittee for further consideration, um, if I am getting my agenda correct. Um, so for AHAB, a subcommittee to, to draft a letter. So we need a subcommittee to get together first to have that conversation um, and then decide if that would be um, a, a drafted recommendation at a future meeting. So. What I've heard is people are interested in the subcommittee. We've heard that in the last couple of gatherings. And so I know Karen has voiced uh, in an email earlier, just based on her driving today during our meeting that she would like to be part of that. Is there anyone else now who would like to be part of that subcommittee? Leah will work to coordinate that group. Um, and so raise of hands. So I see Phil, um, I see Nicholas, and I see Christina, <laughs> excuse me. And then we also had Karen. Thank you. Okay. So you will look for communication from Leah soon um, to coordinate schedules and, and get going. And then we look forward as our general AHAB um, of hearing back from you um, and where you think we could we should be going um, due to what I think many of us believe is a critical nature of that update to the land development code. Okay. All right, I am now to the quick updates um, of our section. Um, and I don't think we have any quick updates. I'm <laughs> reading my printout correctly. 
Um, and so we are moving now to the calendar on just reminders of when our future meetings are. Um, there is also the April 4th draft housing and homelessness community strategic plan presentation to the city commission. Um, so if you're able to, to join for that, I think it will be of value to, to our conversations here. Um, but our next meeting will be back on April 10th. Um, discuss the meeting or with you see it there, discuss meeting format review and agree upon AHAB strategies from our retreat. Um, discuss racial ethnic strategies and resources will also be a, a key agenda item there based on that discussion at our retreat. Um, so definitely be a very robust and impactful meeting, I hope so. Anything else? Uh, the informal chair here ahead of you says, did I miss anything or anybody else got something you want to say? <laughs> so we will, good job. We look forward to Monty being back in April. <laughs> um, well, I know it's spring break for many of us with our families and our homes. Um, and then uh, definitely doesn't feel like spring here in Lawrence today. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, but really appreciate everyone being here today. Really appreciate the conversations. Please keep turning those wheels um, and we'll see everyone back here for our April meeting. Um, and this meeting is now adjourned. Take care. All right. Thank you.